0: We are the weirdos. I am god. What? I tried to warn her.
1: Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Oxterium Podcast. I am your co host, Sam Weinman, and I am joined by.
0: I am your co host, Jordan Cruciola. We're back. We we're are back here. again.
1: We're back to talk about millennium era horror that should have been talked about uh, back then, and now we're talking about it.
0: Yeah, no, and I feel like this season, in season four, we're sort of like we're in like almost our experimental era.
1: Okay, wait, hold on. You don't think last season was our experimental, our experimental (laughs) era?
0: No, that was the passion project era. You're right.
1: Oh my god, that was the
0: Christmas season was the passion project era. That was the doing it for ourselves. Uh, sequence of episodes, heavy on the I know what you did last summer, and all and all, otherwise all Christmas. And
1: if I'm being uh, real, that was a perfect season.
0: I had a great time. It's you know
1: Christmas. The viewers didn't we had do I know what you did last in, summer in the
0: droves that that we know them to. Uh, so that was just a that was a personal project for us.
1: Um, it was never about the fans for me.
0: No, exactly. That's right. We <laughs> do this for the art. We do this for the art. We, we do it for, for the art. Mission. And We do this for the mission.
1: If you clicked the title today, Piranha 3DD, because you were like, what the fuck? Welcome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not Piranha 3D, the Alexandra Aja movie uh, from 2010 that is a hoot and a holler of a good time. We decided in true Otspod fashion to go first with the sequel, the much less much less provided for sequel Piranha three double D that I did not realize until our watching it together recently starred one of my favorites, Danielle Panabaker secret theme season four, Danielle Panabaker,
1: Danielle Panabaker. Uh, you are (laughs) the star of our season.
0: You are the, you are the Katie Cassidy of season four.
1: Or the Mimi Rogers, if you're uh, thinking (laughs) about our experimental era.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Or I think we're our, our passion era. So yeah,
1: here's the thing. This movie, you probably, okay, I'm sure you heard of it because what a great title. Also, if you saw the poster, Jordan, I texted you the poster before we started. Yeah, it's really How good. fucking cool is that poster? It's like this pyramid of piranhas, like swimming up to a woman under the water, like typical Joss style, but like, yeah. it almost looks like it could be a poster for like the descent or something like a, it looks the like ruins. A, it looks
0: like a pyramid of skulls. It's so sick.
1: I love it. So yeah, it. it You may have seen the poster. You may have heard the title, but the $300,000 box office says you probably didn't see the movie.
0: (laughs) Do we think, what do we think costs? What do we think was more the box office or the budget?
1: Friend, I hate to say it, but you know, that budget, that budget was so it, it looks like it was shot for $3, but you know that, that to go that fast. Okay. Friends, just, just to clarify, uh, this movie was announced in April of 2011 with a release date of November of 2011, <laughs> so they were they went in they they started they started making the movie like that's uh-huh. the beginning of production. The turnaround incredible. Now they didn't release it in November; they released it the following June of 2012. Mm-hmm. But to give you that as a setup to just kind of like, uh, <laughs> hoist yeah. this conversation mm-hmm. up, this is the kind of film we're talking about.
0: And it like in addition to, but this isn't in the way that like forty seven meters down uncaged. Okay, uh, stars great reference. S- Sistine Stallone, and is like it's a it's a real like DTV style. Like hey, the first movie we had Mandy Moore, and now we're gonna have one of the daughters of Sylvester Stallone. Like there's <laughs> a recalibration of it feels like intent in a second movie where the first one was quite successful and also very good piranha 3d quite successful. I think a, I would imagine a surprise success. Um, and, and, and very well done like for, for being like an exploitation B movie. Very, very well done. Alexander Aja's is a great filmmaker. This sequel, it's not just like, who could we get from outside the paint shop? for like day labor this is we got daniel pennebaker we've mm-hmm. got david hasselhoff in like a novelty role we've got christopher lloyd reprising his role from the first one in addition to reprising appearances from paul Shear and ving rames we've got david koechner as like the douchebag in residence we've got chris zilka
1: chris like, fucking zilka stop the open. conversation chris thank you
0: our man chris zilka our, our man, man chris, chris zilka, zilka.
1: I, I was wondering, okay, so when I told you guys, I, this is how this happened, I said to Jordan, I remember liking the second one more than the first. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know why, and the second Chris Zilka popped on screen, I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that checks out.
0: But I do, and I do feel like actually, um, I, I do, that feel like, that definitely feel like it makes sense. Like in Final Destination Five is is a great Final Destination. Like this is be- Final Destination Five is better than Piranha Three Double D. But in the way that like obviously the fifth Final Destination would be your favorite Final Destination. In the way that obviously a later stage Amityville would be your preferred preferred Amityville.
1: Yeah, Amityville nineteen ninety two.
0: It's about time. It's about time. Um, and then in the it, that that scans with Piranha Three Double D being more your preferred flavor than Piranha Three D.
1: You know, if that's my reputation, I'll take it.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. That's a
1: great reputation. I I could build a career on finding old franchises and just revitalizing them. You could. (laughs) Making the better sequel.
0: No, you absolutely could do that. And, you know, bemoan bemoan the reboots and the IP as you will. There is a robust market for that, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I'm out here. Knock, knock.
0: So,
1: (laughs) you know, and to be fair, I do understand. Now, with Final Destination 5, I'll fight to the death.
0: No, them. great, great. I great, will say great that great is stuff. the
1: one. And for objectively good reasons, Piranha 3D is an objectively good film. It is a better made film. It's a better written film. The cast is actually, I feel like on par. I think this is a great cast, as you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but, think this
0: ensemble is playing exactly to what's going on here.
1: But I think what's worth looking at and why we're here today is because mm-hmm. as you put it, Piranha 3 d punches above its own weight.
0: Yeah, it does. And it I think it too, I think a favorite category, a favorite subcategory of mine in the Ots library is movies that know this era and out and are yes. joyfully participating in it in a way where I think the thing I said when we were sort of doing our little talk back after the movie ended. This movie to me is, I really like that we're covering it in this season because I think it is a great foil for Friday the 13th,
1: Yeah, a movie
0: I am very on record with not liking. And it feels to me like Friday the 13th, the reboot, is very, very of its era, but in this way that it feels like you have a group of guys making a movie who see the mores of the time and think like we can get away with something. Yeah. Like we can kind of like cash in on our pervy fantasies in a way that doesn't feel fun. It feels like being the one woman in a room of misogynists. Yes. Versus where it's like, am I safe? I don't feel safe. Whereas Piranha 3, Double D, a movie with less means, a movie Piranha with less polish. batteries, right? Yeah, I asked Sam at one point, "What do you do in post? What do you say in post? What's the directive?" How do you get it to, to look get like the this movie? like lighting aesthetic that is happening in this movie? And Sam just looks at me and goes, "Hurry up!" Like That's what that. W- <laughs> That's how you <laughs> that get is, it. it. like there is there, but while watching it, it feels like it is a party that I have been invited to with the terms and conditions. Fully laid out before me ahead of time. Yes, I wasn't like entrapped by the the party of all dudes and just me. That they were like, yeah, your friends are gonna be there too. And I walk in and I just feel menaced. I'm like, oh no, I'm at the Pirani piranha Three Double D party. Tits out if you want. <laughs> like the adult swim pool is over there. If you want to go fucking that pool, it's got a fence around it. It's consensual. Otherwise be over here in this pool it's a kind of dirty gross dingy water park but like let's all have a good time together and it's like I can get down with that kind of open invitation inclusivity in my trash aughts era exploitation cinema
1: and honestly this is this film is such a good example of what the entire decade leading up to it did and we talk about this a lot with films from like 2011 2012 yeah and how they were kind of looking back or looking forward and this movie's looking back and it's yeah. taking all this of movie's that
0: like god wasn't this a good time you guys
1: yes where i felt like and i made the argument for in the friday the 13th episode i felt like friday the 13th was looking back and collected everything wrong and they were like this is what we're doing for the future this movie looks back and it was like Hey, I think we got about three minutes left to make yeah. another girls gone wild horror this, movie.
0: This movie is last call. If,
1: if we don't do it now, the bar sh- the bar is about to close, right? Like, is- like we we got to get this order in fast, and yeah. and that is the feeling you get start to finish with Prana 3D. The you fleeting start... sensation that you were going to lose the entire decade and it yeah. may never come back.
0: It may never come back and 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 in, and for in for so many better ways. It will never it should never come back. And it this movie like aside from our cold open kill with Gary Busey, um this movie then opens like officially with a basically mock Girls Gone Wild ad teasing the opening of this, the reopening of this water park with David Koechner and a lot of women with huge boobs and bikinis.
1: And I think that actually that is a really good end for the year just because it is looking at that as a girls gone wild ad in 2012, the year before girls gone wild filed for bankruptcy. Wow. What you're seeing is
0: Sam, this move, this movie is last call filing for bankruptcy.
1: Last call. (laughs) We are, like, this is, just, and, and for those of you who don't know, so obviously wow. we're going to talk about what the movie is. <laughs> but before we get there, Girls Gone Wild was a, was, like, it is a cultural moment as a phrase.
0: Uh-huh. In the early 2000s, pop culture was sexy and colorful. It was the rise of the reality television star. You know, wild and free was being celebrated.
1: And Girls Gone Wild was part of the party. Like you see parodies of it in Mean Girls. In 2012, Madonna released a song called Girls Gone Wild. Mm. I mean, like, and that was a single. She has a video. (laughs) Like, what? Girls Gone Wild is a a phrase that evokes a lot of things for a lot of people. But what the most interesting part of it is, it was the celebrity culture of of selling sleaze. Yeah. Specificity. Non
0: consensual.
1: That's it. And it's one of those (laughs) things where it feels like maybe like it's like, oh, this is so obvious that it got that the Me Too happened for this movie. It never did. And it feels so obvious that it's like, oh, we've all talked about it. We haven't. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about Girls Gone Wild. It's never nobody's ever looked back because it seems so clear what happened was wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: And because everybody participated from. Kim Kardashian to Mario Lopez in mm-hmm. the lifting up and celebrating of Joe Francis, who yeah, ran Joe Francis, the face of this the creator and of it. Girls
0: Gone Wild. He had clearance anywhere.
1: He that man was on the duh.
0: That man was running with celebrities like he had the imprimatur of completely legitimate and desirable people within the pop culture landscape.
1: And that's how he got away with or alleged rape. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say because alleged I alleged rape, know, sure, but. Yeah. This man in like 97, 98, I think it was started buying infomercials, like half an hour infomercials that he put on on TV in the middle of the night for people who were like channel surfing. But like Mm -hmm. before porn was really online in a Mm -hmm. way that it is now or by the way, if you were in the era of
0: softcore in the era of softcore
1: at in the year 2000, if you clicked an image on a computer to download it for porn. You were waiting for it to load like it was a mystery movie and a clue was <laughs> popping up on the on the screen. It's like And you click, were click, about click. to
0: nuke your entire computer.
1: But what you, yes. Yeah. Oh, and every virus known to man would come in and and you would wake up and your computer would be like a microwave. It would just be yeah. a completely different appliance. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like that's it. You can't do it. So you had to or, like and get this. This listen, Gen Zers, this is yeah. how this is how you obtained this specific pornography. You watched a television program. Then you called a phone number. An operator answered that phone. Girls Gone Wild, right? They take your fucking order. Girls Gone Wild sends you a DVD. In four to six weeks, you get your porn. Yeah. Then Girls Gone Wild secretly enrolls you in a monthly subscription. So then you start getting porn every month that you are being billed for. And you don't (laughs) know how to stop it.
0: Porn is expensive.
1: Porn is, you and have porn to know, is
0: expensive. Porn in
1: in the two thousands, cheap. And porn was thirty nine ninety nine, but yeah. it went upwards of seventy and eighty dollars.
0: Yeah, buying porn, buying porn before the internet, and I'm not an aficionado, but like I, it, it was like buying video games. You were like, yep. you were putting down, and the
1: boxes were huge.
0: You you were like, I remember I watched enough real sex and like specials about like all store pornographers like Jenna Jameson to see what they were like retailing their tapes for to be like, holy shit. This this VHS cost you 50 fucking dollars.
1: Yep. So by the way, uh, Girls Gone Wild, which had four lawsuits, one of them was the fact that they secretly enrolled everybody in a subscription. That was lawsuit absolutely, number one in 2004.
0: Absolutely what Donald Trump did. So yeah. With political donations.
1: So at its peak, Girls Gone Wild was worth, was valued at $150 million. Um, and I want to say, here's the problematic part for those who don't know what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of cameramen giving shots to girls at spring break and getting them really, really drunk and badgering them into taking their clothes off or performing sex acts on themselves or each other, Mm -hmm. filming it, sometimes checking to see if they're 18. Um, and it is what you're watching is dozens and dozens of films that are just non-consensual assault and pornography i mean mm-hmm. it is it is so gross it's like I, this is the thing this is what's hard to understand and maybe this is why it's never had its moment it it's so just dis- like it's so obviously disgusting but mm-hmm. it was something that the whole country okayed it's something the whole country invited to premieres of movies it's something we put on hats and shirts and it's like these women were not being paid they were given like a t-shirt and that was part of the thing it's like oh do it all this for a free t-shirt and th- the yeah. appeal of like screwing over it was it this is like this is the revenge porn era and this just contributed to it you know that whole thing that we've already talked about which is women were not protected for underage women i think they were underage i i, I should fact check this but i wanted to share there was a lawsuit about four women who came mm-hmm. at girls gone wild in 2008 and a an all-female jury did mm-hmm. not award them Anything
0: that is un- that is zero percent surprising. So that, I'm unsurprised to hear that.
1: That is 2008. What yeah. we're in is 2012, a year before they go bankrupt. Why? Because the the cultural tide is starting to change, and Joe Francis freaks out, and so he is gambling and gambling tens of millions of dollars, and he gets into a debt, and he gets sued by Win, like Wynn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in order to avoid paying this man twenty million dollars, he bankrupts his own company so he can hide <laughs> all the assets he currently lives in mexico because he has fled any sort of uh any sort of legal action against him
0: and it was during the during the nba playoffs they were there's uh i think it's on tnt uh there was a series that tnt was airing i don't know how long it was going on for it was called rich and shameless and it was oh my God. chronicling like various like true crime stories of you know, rich people who did horrible things. And one of the episodes was about uh, Girls Gone Wild, was about Joe Francis. Battery, false imprisonment, intimidation of I'm a witness.
1: Prostitution, child pornography. I worried
0: about an Go. indictment on Joe Francis. <laughs> I have to see And this. it was fascinating to see no ripple effect from that. To see, like, I yeah, like how you did said, I, I not?
1: I didn't hear about it.
0: Exactly. And, oh like, God. how... I think it it was something that was, like like you said, it was so abhorrent that it was like, well, we obviously know. It was the guy in the fucking hot dog suit meme. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. Right. When, like, Joe Francis was the fucking guy. But the mass cult level of participation in Girls Gone Wild specifically and what made Girls Gone Wild possible generally and the way society reacted and and women particularly reacted to what he was doing and who they blamed as culpable yep. for what happened to these girls i think it's kind of a thing where it's like well yeah he got sued and he got he's totally fucked now so how about we just like don't talk about like what all that meant for how we were all enablers in that period of time yeah like it, it feels like a thing we would just it's like a family secret yeah that you just sort of like listen everybody knows we don't need to bring oh that my up god that is don't exactly bring that up at dinner again yeah
1: everybody knows so let's move on why and, do you have
0: to always fucking bring this up we're having a nice time
1: and i'm fucking angry like i just feeling it today like thinking about it because we, we you know obviously we were talking about this movie we watched it recently again and mm. i just like i it just like i woke up and like my blood was boiling over it Mm -hmm. because it's just so horrific what happened. And it just has not had its moment.
0: And I think that is, I think that's such a, that is such like a perfect, how you started this saying that like, this is bars closing guys. We've got three minutes left. The party is about the party's about to be over. And like, I think there is such a, there's such an incredible lens into the moral bankruptcy of that era. Joe Francis made millions.
1: He was the aspirational millennial figure. Imagine in Bel Air, his own private jet, what a lot of famous friends. He was a rock star. Thank you.
0: And this is the gambling, like the gam. it's been a great run, but the money's gone. The house won. The odds are cleared out. Take it up. It seems like only yesterday the party would go on forever. And this is a movie that exists when the bank is empty. We even see like a perfect mirror of it where there's still money in the bank with Piranha 3D. Yeah, And then by the time Double D comes out, it's like, shit, guys, we're dusted. It's only
1: been two years. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, before we move on completely for the straight dads who listen to this, who you know, hey, moderate dads.
0: Hey, Hey, Biden dads. I
1: know that you're like, some of you are like, you know, I'm going to leave this issue up to women right now <laughs> yeah. with all the Supreme Court stuff. Or, you know, I don't like I'm to just, get I'm political. I'm going to stand
0: behind my woman yep. silently.
1: Yes. Here's the thing. This is why you need to get loud. This movie came mm-hmm. out in 2012. That means Girls Gone Wild didn't get bankrupt until nine years ago. That means women weren't protected by courts 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's 10 years that we were not protecting women, Yeah. children. Minors.
0: That's that's this year that we have renewed that vow to not protect women and children. Trans children. Yep. Like the the vow of the courts to to not to not facilitate the safety of those in the republic has been renewed.
1: So this is why I get angry about the two thousands, specifically this part of it, because by not talking about how recently this was mm-hmm. this happened by not being honest with each other about how we were culpable in allowing this to happen and not protecting the people who are being directly affected and then the cultural impact of not protecting those people we are doing great harm by allowing other issues just like this to mm-hmm. come right in hey guys doors open because we already yeah. had last call <laughs> yeah. It's Doris. a new club, same, different name, same venue.
0: Yeah, yeah. It we're it's the we're back at the fucking boneyard, guys. Back we're at at back boneyard. at the fucking boneyard.
1: So 2012, a perfect time to be talking about today. Piranha 3D, D, I I have to say, is one of as a concept, uh, is one of my favorite concepts for a sequel. There was yeah. a a Piranha in the 70s. There's a Piranha 2 in 81. So Piranha 3D, it was interesting because it's like is this the third or is this just 3D because it's the 2000s and yeah, everything is 3D? Yeah, because we love that. Mm-hmm. So Piranha 3 D doesn't, doesn't take a stand. They're not like we're part <laughs> four. They're not like we're part two. They're like, we are part three, double D, baby. Let's party! In the world's wildest water park, the party has never been hotter. Ah, and I love that. Piranha 3 D, the whole conceit, is that these underwater ancient um, piranha that mm-hmm. were living in an underwater lake and like living off of like methane gas? Uh, because they were that that cow farts them out in the beginning. Oh right, oh, put yeah. Put a the, pin in that.
0: F <laughs> Y I guys, that's how we meet the piranha. There's a cow body floating in a po- in a, like a pond, a lake, and Gary Busey finds it and he starts poking the cow body and the cow body starts farting out piranha eggs that have been gestating uh, piranha, baby piranha, and then when it farts out the eggs, the eggs hatch, and then all the piranha eat Gary Busey.
1: Do you remember the first minute, friends, when I told you the first minute of my Super Psycho Sweet 16, that blinding <laughs> white light, you just gotta hang in there?
0: You has the gotta cow, hang in there.
1: The cow farting piranha eggs? That's, <laughs> just, just go ahead and keep watching.
0: Hang so in there. Just
1: give it a second. <laughs> yeah. So these piranha... Like, have adapted in some way to, like, be falsely drawn to chlorine in a pool. Somehow they draw yeah, the line and it works.
0: Su- first, I, I forget the explanation for why.
1: But Christopher Lloyd made it. It made sense.
0: They are drawn to chlorinated water. But, the but they are. Crooked water park is draining its pools into this lake. So they are coming for the intake pipes. Here we and are. These piranha are coming for the chlorinated pools and the people in them.
1: And Good. let me tell you, the concept for this park, stellar. If this park Stella! came out in 2022, huge hit.
0: This is a this is an attraction in Las Vegas. We get
1: we get a stepdad comes out and specifically introduces himself to Danielle Panab- Panabaker. Panabaker, yeah. Panabaker at hey stepdaughter, yeah. <laughs> and 49 percent stake owner in this company. Yeah. I have changed the whole water park now that your mom's dead. Mm-hmm. And and Danielle's not having it. She thinks it's really sleazy and that's fine. But what Danielle is missing actually is that this concept is a park that I would totally show up to. It, yeah. is, it was like all the lifeguards have been replaced with strippers who are, who are CPR certified.
0: Chet, tell me you did not fire our old lifeguards and replace them with strippers. Water certified strippers. Yeah, who are who are certified to be lifeguards? They're lifeguards. Topless lifeguards, great idea. I don't know. But like I, in like... the in the general area, they're not topless. They're in bikinis. Correct. They're not topless so, until you get to the adults to the adult only pool. zone.
1: There's one adults only pool. Yes, it's a nude zone. But let's be real about what we're getting here. We that means that we have a water park that is essentially hooters. There's not really <laughs> yeah. any sexuality beyond what you would normally see at a water park. Other nope. than innu- innuendos about being wet, right?
0: Hey, it's time to get wet again. <laughs> Come on down. Our lifeguards are hot, single, and ready to party with someone like you. Yeah. What down boy.
1: So what that means is you have camp. If camp exists, if, it if. is a water park that's selling sex when already you go to a water park in your underwear. right like that is fucking camp so he has sold this idea with the with one little pool in the back that's a triple x pool listen that's palm springs that's every gay hotel in palm springs there's a nude pool this guy is like his whole idea is like hey hey what if we make what if we do what the gays do yeah but we act like it's super straight Done. done
0: done done It's, and it's, like, when we are in the general, like, in the movie builds up to the, the grand opening of the pool where, like, obviously catastrophe ensues. But in the general pool area, it's all kids and families. I
1: can't believe it, yeah. And
0: there's nothing untoward going on. You don't see, like women with large boobs like loving up on children or something you see like some glimpses into the adult side pool once the piranhas hits so you like see boobs everywhere but like in the in the general visitor area there is nothing hinky going on nah. that would be like wow this like den of iniquity these perverts and bastards no it's just adults who want to partake of the sex pool going to the sex pool and then everybody else who's not down for that, staying on the other side of the fence. And let
1: me tell you, Danielle is pissed, honey. She is yep. not having it. She is she wants her boring old water park the way it was. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and is gonna let everybody know. And here's why this is a perfect 2012 moment too. All those parents invited their, they brought their kids to the sex water park because yeah. it's just a sexy, fun water park, right? Which yeah. in 2012, Still family-friendly. Girls Gone Wild aired on fucking TV, friends. It, yeah. it aired on regular old TV in the middle of the night. Not even like that. Like, sometimes in the daytime on cable. So like, <laughs> yeah. like the access, what's interesting about it is in being in, in its effort to make this funny, what it doesn't realize it's doing is like very, or maybe it does. I don't want to take, listen, John Gallagher, whoever, I don't know what what you know, yeah,
0: but, <laughs> I don't know. I don't what know, you know. I don't,
1: Mister Man. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'll say is, this movie actually expertly skewers this exact moment in the office. It aughts. does. It yeah. does. It's. It's.
0: I think it's an. It's an excellent example. Like I'm not saying the movie is excellent. I'm saying it totally worked for me personally. Yeah. But I'm saying it is an excellent example to me. Of taking the elements of of like pulp and exploitation and grindhouse that are very fun, but that historically like it's a little untoward. Like we there, we can't speak to like the conditions of filming for people who were making like dirty movie genre cinema um, in perhaps the '70s. I, I don't know if these people felt safe. I don't know if these people felt looked out for or cared for like you, you know, you watch movies, you watch erotic thrillers from the nineties and you're like, these are, these movies are transgressive and they're often misogynist and there's queer phobia, but yeah. they're, and those things are shitty. And it is also because it was at a time where those things just sort of wantonly existed in a lot of places. It meant it created a clearance for fun transgressiveness alongside shitty um transgressiveness that doesn't age well and we have lost our way toward we've lost our our way towards seeking it feels like a balance to pull those things from the past that we love that are that are I talk about like the red meat of genre cinema and like but how do we do that in a way that fits with the discourse requirements in something like a 2020. And I think we do see examples of it. I think we see it in The Perfection. I think for me, it totally worked in X. Yeah. But like, this movie feels like an example of taking those things and joyfully pulling them into a 21st century context, those like fun, dirty movie things. Yes. Whereas A Friday the 13th feels like it took the wrong lessons from all those movies you can't make anymore. And was like, but what if we did it again?
1: And it's a perfect example too, because the opening is... Is like designed to look like a girl's gone wild ad but when he calls yeah. cut everybody there knows what the ad is nobody's drunk everybody's being paid and they're no, yeah
0: nobody's drunk
1: so when you talk about like how sleaze makes way for like actually okay sleaze that's like fun yeah like, je- like this is parodying something that this is a this is like the hey this is how to do it and by the way like so on the note of comparing it to friday the 13th friend you know you you spoke in the past about Willa Ford and that scene and your reaction to it. Now you have spoken opening, in the
0: past about Willa Ford.
1: Well, no, I uh, I spoke about Willa Ford for yeah. a whole episode. So <laughs> we, listen, yeah. I, I don't want to, j- I'm not, I'm not Willa Ford. I am not pointing the Willa finger at you, yeah. but what I will, what I want to say, what I'd like to do is a comparison a little bit, because I know you had some strong feelings about it. Like mm. w- in this movie, after they call cut and then during the opening scenes, there is almost immediately full frontal female nudity in the adult yeah. pool. So. How does this, the presentation of that, compare to the presentation of Friday the 13th for you using that, like in that scene specifically?
0: To me, what I appreciated about the just full tilt nudity, even we, we do even get a, a comical dick out scene oh, yeah. um, that we will specifically drill down into because best scene in the movie and
1: possibly decade, I just po- will get there
0: possibly decade, but like what, absolutely one of the best scenes of the odds in a horror film. Um, I watch Friday the 13th and it feels like its relationship with nudity is rooted in the voyeuristic pleasure of like taking something from people who don't know others are watching. Like we have the girl pulling her boobs out in the cold open and she's hiding from the guy. She's hiding behind the guy in front of her to show her boyfriend, like surreptitiously her boobs. And then Willa takes off her top when she is out on the boat in the middle of the lake with theoretically just Ryan Hansen. And we get that absolutely fucking useless wide shot of Willa Ford with no top on when we are about to get an extremely well executed nudie kill with Willa Ford that I hope she should be proud of. She was in Playboy magazine. She is so fucking hot. We yes. stan Willa Ford. Absolutely. Being being like, yes, I will take my clothes off in front of a camera. We love and we celebrate. <laughs>
1: but yeah. Then like,
0: and then we see Juliana Gwill. And not to say that baby Juliana Gwill is like in her mid-20s and she's like, I'm not going to have this body forever. And she was totally down mm-hmm. to do that sex scene. But it's like it too is in like this private moves behind closed doors it's in a bedroom and it just goes on for so long and you have the asshole boy just like narrating to her and and us how perfect her boobs are and it's like am i just watching a masturbation fantasy for the guys who wrote this movie versus in piranha three double d boobs are out everywhere. everywhere If you read that script and you were cast as one of the swim girls. You knew the, I would imagine the casting call was very, very clear about what, like, need women willing to be naked. Like, like, this is a send your Polaroids based casting call. Like, wow. that is what is going on here. And it feels so blatantly shaken around in public in front of you that it almost to me saps from it. The kind of like looking through the window shades, spying on people at times they don't necessarily want you to see them. And just says, hey, guys, you know what's fun? Nudity. You know what's great? Boobs. You know what's great in a horror movie? Boobs covered in blood with a woman holding a severed head between each of her breasts. And for no reason, shimmying them back and forth while while a bloody neck is like cradled into their chest. The maximalism, almost, the maximalism for me allows me to go to a place where it feels celebratory in the way that in X, the, like, these are pornographers, and so we will watch the job of them making pornography. Feels like it adds texture to the story in addition to being totally hot and sexy. It feels like a celebration of the actual characters within the movie in X to watch them in a sex scene because they're doing what they're good at. And in this movie, it feels like, listen, as long, I hope somebody was off, I hope there were a million people off camera with robes ready to hand them to every woman who needed one. But then other than that, it's like, all right, guys, robes off. Like, hit it. We're with pool noodles and blood everywhere. Let's go. And to me, there's a participatory aspect to that that I think takes it into a level of accessibility for me.
1: So should we pack up and go? Because that's it. That's the that's well, the episode. I would like your but
0: feedback on this.
1: I love everything you said. The the TLDR of this is Friday the thirteenth is Girls Gone Wild. Piranha three Double D is OnlyFans.
0: And you know what? And it's and because Friday the thirteenth looks as good as it does, it thinks it thinks it's it thinks it's making a, you know, X quote unquote good, dirty movie. Right. And it's not. And this mo- and, and Piranha 3 Double D. Looks like Girls Gone Wild, right? Yeah, but feels more like OnlyFans.
1: <laughs> well, fucking said. Not only with who's signing up for this casting call, but also the characters within the film, uh-huh. and and how it feels like they are participating in what we are, rather than the like the the removed exploitation of peeking mm-hmm. in on something you're not supposed to see, which was the entire era and the most successful porn in the era, mm-hmm. right, was based on seeing something you're not supposed to see. The most expensive paparazzi photos that were sold were upskirt shots, seeing something you're not oh, supposed to see. God. The 2000s, that was a decade of, of people openly embracing and paying for the Kim Kardashian video, the Paris Hilton video, something, paying for something people don't want them to see
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: and not being protected by the law. So really interesting comparison there because I feel like that's very on target and makes me really excited to talk about the highlights of Prana 3 Double D for me because they are so in line.
0: I think I think in I think part of the I think what leads into the conversation with the highlights, like I think this movie has a very I think this movie has a very good. I'm not gonna say it was conscious. I'm not gonna say it was like, we're gonna make a statement, but it ends up having a good relationship with consent.
1: Oh yeah, crazy.
0: Like it-
1: In 2012?
0: In 2012, and not because there's like, there's like a, a teachable moment here, but like the prayer.
1: So that was exactly what I was gonna bring up. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, the prayer is the moment when I was like, oh, I am in. Okay, yeah. so what we get, so Danielle, just, just so you know, Danielle's got a best friend who's like a little goofy, but definitely into her. Pretty typical, uh yeah. standard, aughts era stuff, except he's not Xander. He's just actually a good dude. To her right is Chris Zilka, a god amongst men. Uh, a yeah. man who, there's clearly no makeup artist for half of the movie, like on no. set. Chris Zilka, everybody's like sweating. Chris Zilka, he just glows.
0: As we know, just he's ashamed. just radiating his own light.
1: And they're like, what do we do to make Chris Zilka suck? We have to do something. Let's make him a cop. So that's Let's the make setup, him a cop. Let's right? make him
0: a crooked cop.
1: Danielle's dating crooked cop. And her friends- She's into
0: them. They're crushing on each other. Yes.
1: She has a, a blonde friend who is, by the way, that actress doing the most. I will get her C- name because Katrina
0: she's Bowden. Katrina, Katrina Bowden. Katrina Bowden.
1: Katrina Bowden, who is giving an A-level performance. Who is- Chris? She is going for the Oscar- with this she with this is leaving
0: it all on it is. camera
1: I, listen i hope her agent saw this and sent her out for 10 more things because <laughs> but i feel like they didn't but fuck that guy for ignoring fuck her them. talent so fuck okay. that era so her katrina's katrina has now this is how far removed we are from the first kills so fun um katrina has two friends in the back of a van parked at a lake making mm. out and the opening line they're praying dear lord Please forgive me for what we're about to do.
0: And it's her like she's leading the prayer and she's like making him. She's like put your hands together and mm-hmm. close your eyes. And he's like he's still like being super horny about it and he's like fingering her hands while she's praying. But they go through this like extremely Christian camp moment where they're like Wait, you have to do it.
1: Okay, fine. <sighs> Dear Lord, one, okay dear lord <clears throat> please forgive us for what we are about to do we each know that having relations before marriage is a sin but we know that we will be forgiven
0: for it because we're praying about it yep. and then after the prayer oh and she he- looks she looks at him and says you can fuck me now Amen. <laughs> and he's like I'm ready.
1: I love the concept and actually that they explicitly say like, because we're going to be forgiven anyways. Yeah. Listen, that is if there has ever been a better snapshot of Christianity, like I I challenge you to tweet it at me because this scene so perfectly satirizes that entire religion.
0: (laughs) And it, and then later, like there's that. And then obviously I don't oh know God. how the the brake gets tripped, but the van that they're fucking in rolls into the lake, which starts. Getting you know how that piranhas. How did
1: the brake get tripped? Budget cuts. Who knows?
0: Budget cuts. Budget this, cuts movie, tri- budget this movie. Budget cuts. Has so cuts much cut missing. the brake lines.
1: This movie clearly was running and gunning. They had three days to make it and no money, and they were like, "Shit, we don't, we can't shoot that page." The bu- <laughs> the van, it's moving, and nobody cares, anyways. Van's in the water
0: she's she's like they're getting kinky she's handcuffed him up and as they start sinking she the the that. key has come out of her bra and like it it takes such a short time to drown and this this van is filling with water and she's like i should go for help no. i can't see anything i'm sorry and he's like yeah. no you're not and she's like yeah i'm gonna get help so she gets out I of the van it. but instead of getting help she just gets on top of the van
1: and just bangs on the windows.
0: It's just like, oh no! It's like it's like Rachel McAdams in Game Night. Oh no, he died. But like, then the piranhas show up and like it's a, it's all over for those hoes anyway.
1: I hope this isn't a heterophobic moment for me, but this feels like a satirization of straight relationships and Christianity <laughs> battle, like balled up into one. And I'm like, is this movie for gays?
0: Because this moment
1: is like hilarious. And I don't know if it reads that way to straight people, but it did for me. I was just like dying.
0: It is. It's a a great, it's a very effective scene. It's very fun. And then later on, we have Katrina Bowden. Like she's, there's a boy that's interested in her. And he's like, he's presented to us as like the quiet, nice guy. And she's like, she doesn't. They go to a dock, and she's not like, "Let's go skinny dipping." She goes, "Let's take all our clothes off and get in the water." Love it. And he turns around. While never heard of the word off. skinny
1: dipping. This one, no,
0: never heard of it. Not canonical in this universe. Mm-hmm. She hops in. He takes off all her clothes. His uh, she take. He turns away while she's undressing. She jumps mm-hmm. in the water, and like she jumps in, and he's like, and she of course no funny business. And she doesn't like so jokes. They, yeah, she doesn't no jokes. comedy in this water. Mm-mm. They start splashing around, but she gets close and she's the instigator. She's the instigator. He's being very respectful. But then we see a tiny piranha swim up, up between her legs and then disappears. And she just feels like a pain. And she's like, ow. And she looks at him. She's like, what do you, why'd you do that? And he's like, I, I swear to God, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's upset at this point. She like, she feels like she's experienced an assault. And this guy's like I don't know what happened to you, okay? And she's like I got to go. I'm getting I'm going to get out of the water. Yep. So we know that a fish flew toward her vagina underwater. Uh that's a real plant and payoff for a future scene where A, the nice guy is going to be unmasked and B, he is going to get his fucking comeuppance for revealing his true colors.
1: I remember watching that scene for the first time and being like, "Wait, why isn't she, like, why is she staying with this guy or kind of excusing this? Is this normal behavior for him? And what we're about to find out is it is. And that is the best part of that that moment in this scene. Also, by the way, that guy is so cute. This movie gave me a crush on him. Very cute. I mean, if you, uh, his name is uh, Jean-Luc Bilodou. I don't know. It's like a French thing, whatever. Okay, so French fry. And he is, French fry is also in Miley Cyrus's LOL, if you haven't seen that. Oh my God, And then he was on that TV show, Parenthood. He is just so adorable between him and Chris Zilka. I mean, that's the relationship I would have liked to see, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's this movie is just king of 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 hot guys with n- up to no good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And she like she has unbeknownst to her, much like the cow, she has a piranha uh, expanding inside of her uterus. And so she ends like she's she's sick. She's not well. She's, like, you know, she's in bed in this apartment, and she's suddenly overwhelmed with the desire to fuck this guy because she's, like, if I'm going to die, I don't want to die a virgin. Like, something's wrong with me. I don't feel good. So he, like, he's hesitant. He's nervous. He's, like, oh, my God. He's putting on the good guy show. Putting on the good guy show. But then his moment arrives, and he gets to have sex with the girl. And you know what? At that point, fuck her. You know,
1: my boyfriend always says (laughs) – that he, if you're a man, he mm-hmm. just doesn't trust you no matter what, right? It's like, cause you, yeah, there's always the moment that you're just, that you prove that you are a man. <laughs> yeah. And in this movie, and by that, I mean, he just, there's that moment we were waiting for it. He was cute and nice and we're with him. And then there he goes and, and there he is. And
0: he there just he showed goes and there who he is. is.
1: So He's... she's in pain. She's saying, uh-huh. no, something's wrong. And something's she repeatedly wrong. says, something's wrong.
0: Mm-hmm, and you know what mm-hmm. his
1: response is? I'm almost finished.
0: Yeah, and he's he is just going to town. He's not looking at her. Mm-mm. He is only interested in himself. We get the close-up shot of her abdomen where we see something swimming around, so we're like, oh my god, the fucking piranha. Horrific. And so she's like, she's like trying to get this guy off of her because she's about to have an alien chestburster moment. But before that can happen, this guy is about to ejaculate, and instead, the piranha inside finds a snack.
1: And that little fish, that little <laughs> yeah. fish finds his little dick.
0: That and I little say, fish.
1: When he, this is what I love about this is the moment the movie's like equal opportunity. Yes. This movie gives you this beautiful boy butt. Love it. Cause at first it's silhouette and you're like, are they gonna show anything? Oh, yeah. they will. And yeah. when he turns around, you're gonna see full piranha and balls.
0: You're gonna, <laughs> he is like, it is. She is, like, starting to convulse and, like...
1: She's having a seizure. You know she's done for.
0: She's... she's she. You're like, oh, my God, she's fucking... She's gonna be a corpse on this bed. Yep. And until the moment when he is forced to pull out because there is a piranha latched onto his penis. Yep. And she's, like, we get this shot of, like, close-up of her looking wrecked in the bed while in the background. He is flailing around this apartment naked trying to get a piranha to unlatch... From his penis. But when you
1: have an ancient piranha on your dick, you only have one choice.
0: He He's he's running into walls. He's trying to get this thing off. We get a close-up of it, like, clenched down on a penis.
1: Gotta say, and watching him have this little moment of suffering, really fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. And then he realizes, like, there's only one way out. The only way out is through. And so he pulls a knife from, like, the counter. And he has to castrate himself. To free himself from the piranha,
1: his only choice
0: at which point
1: is to to save the future (laughs) (laughs) from further assaults.
0: From further assaults, and that is when we the like the girl like. She's live. Katrina Bowden, Shelby, she's alive. She goes into the kitchen. She's a mess, but she's with us. She sees, uh, like, a portion of a penis on the floor in the kitchen. Love this so much. She's, like, she's an open window, so she's, like, oh, my God, did he jump out this window? And then he pops up behind her, and he just screams at her. What the hell did you do to me?
1: Can you believe that shit? What did you do to me?
0: What did you do to me? Also,
1: this movie is so fucking in on it because the moment they knew, they set her up with multiple shots looking back that she's dead. First, they set it up like, she is just a body. She is in this movie to die. They set it up with the chest burster thing. It's like, oh, it's coming out through her. And then they set it up with, oh, she's convulsing. She's got blood everywhere. She's vomiting on herself. She is dead. And then the moment she just hiccups and suddenly she's awake and she's like, what happened? You're like, holy shit. This character's alive and fine. Uh, amazing, Piranha3DD. Amazing. We this even, guy like, gets it.
0: We come back to her for just a moment. It's such a satisfying moment. Just a little later on, like the guy has had to go to the hospital because obviously, and like we see her arrive. She goes to her friend. Shelby goes to her friend. She's wearing like her 90. She goes to her friends, uh, Daniel Panabaker and the, the little nerd boy who likes her. And she just shows up and she's like, Josh cut off his penis because something came out of my vagina. And she's just covered in blood. And we're like, A, love it. she's gonna live? Like she's gonna she make it? She gets to live. And B, she just showed up and delivered all of the relevant information that they needed to know about her situation?
1: Here's what you need to know about Katrina. Her character is gonna tell you everything the whole time. Her character yep. comes in, every scene she's in, she's giving you the whole story. And I love that. Katrina, you're coming to brunch. She's a, <laughs> yeah. There's a scene earlier where she's on the dock and her two friends are missing and she's talking about it uh, with Danielle. And she's like,
0: Ashley's my best friend. I mean, I know she's kind of a slut and she's stolen 11 of my ex-boyfriends and I'm pretty sure she also stole a pair of earrings that my grandmother gave me before she got it. But we were like sisters.
1: But she's my sister. I was like, "This is drag." She it's is. I mean, hilarious. this. What is this moment? It's so good, so over the top, and that's early on in the movie. That's what I'm saying. This movie lets you know right away, not exactly how serious to take it. And that joke, oh, love it. I could watch her say it a million times.
0: It's out. That that joke is outstanding, and I think like this character is on. It's this in the way that the first one surprises you with, like it sets you up to think that, like, it's maybe rooting for the wrong people yep. in, in the exactly. movie, but it's it's not actually. Yep. And then in the second one, too, where we have, like, dropped rungs down of resources. <laughs> so you're thinking, and, no yeah, way. Yeah, you're like, this movie This movie is going to believe in the wrong characters as yep. our touch points, and it actually doesn't. This it's movie, actually on the <sighs> right sides of the right protagonists I cannot, the entire time. Jordan, I
1: can't believe it. I'm still, like, even just, I get so excited talking about this scene because this is, Super, this is seriously one of my favorite scenes and in, in the decade, one it's of my favorite kill sequences. This is outstanding. And and the handling of her character and the fact that, by the way, she doesn't die later.
0: No, no, she she just like effectively, she probably just like goes into the hospital and gets treatment. <laughs> yeah, she and then
1: she uh, goes to school, gets her degree, finds a really fulfilling job, it's a way better boyfriend because she realized like "Mm, no but it was a phase she grew out of it you know what i mean and she maybe she has a girlfriend now because she realized men (laughs) you (laughs) know and she's
0: never gonna let a man fuck her ever and
1: you know what maybe she took that idea and she opened up a better run water park that didn't mine from an ancient lake (laughs) you know what i mean and and she's living and somewhere katrina's living happily ever after
0: maybe she's running a gay pool in palm springs oh
1: my god katrina owner of a gay hotel that's it. She is living in Palm Springs. She's living her fantasy. You know, she wears all white suits out there.
0: Oh God. Had to toe yeah. white
1: suit. No shirt on underneath. <laughs> I love it. Uh, hair just like windblown.
0: I'm so happy for, I'm so happy for Shelby. You know what
1: Shelby? <laughs> I'm glad that this movie gave Shelby the Palm Springs ending. She deserved.
0: Yeah. This is, this is, as we said, uh continuation sequels and reboots too. Odds Properties. The, the Shelby prologue is right there for the table. The in, Shelby Sam. prologue.
1: Yeah, guys, stay after the credits for Shelby and Palm Springs. I <laughs> yeah. want to add a real life event that this scene made me think of. Um, oh. And, and you know, it's a little bit dark because it's real, but that scene's a little bit dark. But yeah. in 2004, Joe Francis, who, you know, uh, Joe Francis of Girls Gone Wild, was went out partying, came home drunk, and was held at gunpoint by somebody who broke into his house and forced him to deliver the lines that he made women deliver in di- disrobe, in his underwear.
0: Seriously? Yes,
1: and they took him act by act through what he did to other people. This person served 11 years in prison because supposedly he said that he was gonna, like, I guess he was gonna blackmail him in the mafia, put him up to it, oh or something like that. My I don't God. buy it. I mean, there's a lot of weird mystery around the why of it, but I will say, I mean, the way that this movie kind of like flips it around and makes this guy who has done these things actually punishes him it's interesting to know that somewhere in the middle of that girls gone wild timeline is that delicious little nugget where this man was treated the way that he treats others
0: just gonna say that wow yeah. well and you know what like there's there are three screenwriters on this and one of them one of them is a real twist character that i I really actually do believe in. And it's Marcus Dunstan. Marcus Dunstan. Uh And Marcus Dunstan rose to fame in the late in the late aughts he made the collector and he made the collection and the collection I think is actually one of the great ultraviolence products of that era it stars the outstanding Emma Fitzpatrick who if you don't watch horror movies regularly maybe you remember from her viral video uh where she sang Eponine's song from Les Mis like she reenacted the she, she like enumerated it was a parody of Anne Hathaway doing Eponine. And now I pray you'll vote for me. I'll stand up when I hear you clapping And I already have my speech Oh god Is this is this really happening?
1: And Emma has
0: the voice of an angel. She's a professional singer, I believe. She's, like, focusing on her music career now. I think she lives in Nashville. I'm a fan. But, like, he has continued his collaborations with Emma Fitzpatrick over the years. And I have met Emma. I know her a little bit in such a way that I feel like if you are going to continue, if you are a woman who has closely collaborated with Marcus Dunstan, you are continuing to ride for him over the years. That was a good collaboration. Yeah. You liked that relationship. You felt taken care of. Her final girl performance in the collection is actually an outstanding final girl performance from the era. She is mm-hmm. giving a quietly one of the best, one of the best, ro- you know, performances and sort of one of the best parts for that category of actor in the aughts. Um, And he made a movie recently called Unhuman that stars Brianne Chu, which is oh. a very sort of fun odds party horror sensibility, which is what Marcus Dunson is really
1: good at. I got to see that.
0: It's a really good time. It's an un, it's like an undead kind of movie. He wrote the screenplay for Saw 4. He wrote Saw 5. He wrote Saw 6. Like, this guy clearly has... He has a milieu he likes to work in. And I think... I do believe, like, having heard Emma speak a bit about Marcus and how much she loves working with him, I feel like this guy's got his eye on the ball. And so I watch something like a Piranha 3 D, and I see his imprint on it. I see his name on the screenplay. And I'm like, how much of this was Marcus Dunstan knowing that like women should get to kick ass mm. and like women should get to do cool shit and bad guys should be punished, which is absolutely a part of unhuman. Um. So I, there's a, there's a safety to me in seeing his name on something that I really, in the way that like, seeing, like, I feel really great about what Josh Stolberg did in Sorority Row to the point where, like, if Josh Stolberg came back and made like an odds horror revival kind of movie, I'd be like, listen, yeah. if it's Josh Stolberg, I, I trust him and want to see where this goes, especially since he remains a collaborator with Leah Pipes, who mm-hmm. loves to work with him. Leah Pipes, who we fucking love from Sorority Row. So, like, there's something about, there's a, there's a just an understanding and a buy-in to equity in this movie for the female protagonist in a way that, like, with the way that I said about the movie seems to know which character, like the movie is very much on the right side of what characters not to root for. Like yes. Chris Silka hottie, but like, and, but he's, and he's a douchebag, corrupt cop. But From like, as beginning. far as the flirtation that he has with Daniel Panabaker goes, it's consensual the whole time. Yeah. when They're uncomfortably for the nerd boy in the backseat in the cop car. And he's like riding his hand up her thigh. And he looks at me and he goes, you're still wet. And she's like, kind of, like yes, it, it is. It that is,
1: moment shocked me.
0: Yeah, they because were, it's
1: consensual.
0: It is consensual. He there is is, welcoming we it. We don't have to hate the bad guy. In this movie because he's a sexual predator too Exactly like, we don't have He to can just a be a bad hat. guy He can just be a bad guy He doesn't have to like be objectifying women Just casually yeah. Because A it's not necessary And if you think that's what it takes to make a bad person And up to that point they're forgivable You're wrong yep. And if you think that that's also just funny to watch And we should put that in regardless anywhere For just like sprinkling Well then you're uncreative and boring and lazy
1: This we movie still- had the- ample opportunity to do that
0: yeah, he is enabling, Chris Zilka's character is enabling a situation where carnivorous, where fucking human-eating piranhas are about to annihilate a town. He doesn't need to be skeezing on girls. Mm-mm. Like, that doesn't have to be part of his his villain DNA. And when and we just got a shout out for Chris Zilka. His Chris Zilka. moment at the end where he completely bitches out, does not save Daniel Panabaker when he has I, the chance, can't. and completely just, he just, I I can't. I can't blood everywhere away,
1: bodies in the water
0: crying. Cause
1: obviously these piranha got into the pools. They got into like, they're in the water yep. slide. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yep. this is, this is full pan- pandemonium. Yeah. And Chris Ilka cannot Mr. Tough yeah. guy. The whole time there is a scene.
0: Literally all he has to do is lift a girl out of the water and he breaks it. down in tears and he can't do it.
1: Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel you know who probably can
0: 80 pounds
1: moment uh, for nerdy best friend.
0: Nerdy best friend can't swim for shit.
1: And I, he ties a cinder block to himself, by the way, which yeah. I don't think we saw until afterwards because I don't yeah, even think they had time. He's just to,
0: like bringing it up with him.
1: Yeah, they didn't really have time for that close up. You know what I mean? You, yeah. They shot this in days. So yeah, it's just days. done. Hours. Hey, hurry up. Yeah. Hurry up, aesthetic.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go.
1: I, you know, it, and so he. So what? There is a great moment where Danielle is like, um, they've they've shut they they're emptying, draining the pools, and she yeah, and so is like, experiencing the suction like
0: suction from the pool drains is like pulling everything down into the drains, and she's like, she can't escape the suction, so she's drowning.
1: I was afraid of hot tubs for like years because of some 2020 special where somebody got sucked into one. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. this this movie does that for me. Like watching that is so uncomfortable. And he goes down there and struggles to get her out in a pool full of piranha. So okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, But he's the hero, he gets her out. And you know what she says?
0: This is before she gets out. This is before oh, she gets it? out. It's there, she's like, hell is broken loose. No, she's man. like, you need to go do this. I'm gonna go do this, break, we need to save people. And he like, he's wearing a shark costume that he like, he takes half off and he just goes like, I just have to tell you, I've always loved you. I've loved you since the eighth grade. And she just looks at him and tenderly goes, I thought you were gay. Yeah,
1: and by the way, that laugh, I i laughed harder than any joke in the movie because <laughs> that's how you make a gay joke.
0: Yeah, that's fine. There was because nothing homophobic about nothing that Nothing homophobic
1: moment. about that gay joke. And it goes back and, as you pointed out, makes all the scenes where he's where they are being openly affectionate, annoyingly yes. with each other.
0: Yeah, because she like, it, makes sweet eyes at him sometimes.
1: Yes. And then you and hear
0: that and you're like, oh... He's your TBF. <laughs> right.
1: You thought this was a different relationship than it is. And honestly, in the odds when nobody was out, it was pretty plausible. So, okay. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So I love the two of them and I mm. love this. And this is the shout out, the extended shout out to Chris Zilka. Mm. There's a moment where he finally has the guts to get in the water after oh everybody's dead.
0: my. Chris God.
1: Zilka picks up basically a, a skeleton with meat hanging off of it. An
0: absolutely incredible meaty corpse effect.
1: And he is selling it. He, he is, is the hero of He it. is
0: tromping yes. through that water just like
1: we gotta give Chris Zilka fucking more comedy because that amazing it
0: is so in like the, the give me the extended
1: cut of that scene is
0: so perfectly dangly and yes. weird yes it is high comedy it, it is, is so it is good excellent gag and this has come after by the way paul Shear and bing rames have popped up they've come to the pool they're gonna like bing rames is gonna like take he's gonna get over his fear of the water immersion therapy he's like trying like put me in the oh pool paul put me in the pool
1: where i thought we were gonna get a bunch of disability jokes
0: no, yeah, and we I don't, thank shocked. God. And we it turns out when the piranhas besiege the pool, Ving Rames looks at Paul Shear and he says Bring me my legs. And Paul Shear gets him titanium legs with like Timberlands on the Timberlands on the bottom, and he marches into the pool because the piranha can't eat his titanium legs. Yep. And his left leg is outfitted with a shotgun. Titanium motherfuckers, eat this. And he proceeds to annihilate piranha with his shotgun prosthet- prosthetic legs. Yep. And it's incredible. And Paul Shear asks him like. How did you get by like guns for your legs and he says with all the money that I saved buying socks. <laughs> Fucking awesome.
1: I mean awesome. And this is an example of something that I think we actually still haven't moved past in films but that this movie does right. Just like how um we have our Palm Springs ending for Shelby. Yeah. This character does not die. He's not yeah, immediately he thrown doesn't. away after. I was and- so
0: worried he was going to fall in the pool and get eaten
1: he is the kind of character that will get written off to save the white protagonists or even the able-bodied protagonists. Yeah. Like this is the kind of guy who like, okay, redemption arc, check, kill him. This right. movie doesn't. And he has a very tender relationship with Paul Shear that like <laughs> yeah. we get to see all the way through to the end. Great. I mean, it's like, honestly, it's crazy. The things that this movie gets, right. It's it like, is.
0: what? It is. Okay shocking
1: we have breezed past one thing which is my one of my favorite things in this movie ah it's 2012 david hasselhoff last call
0: last, last call. call for david hasselhoff last call guys david
1: hasselhoff's meme culture has come it is peaks people he is ubiquitous in pop culture he is everywhere. yeah he's
0: having his he's having his moment people in, are as like star- a cameo star
1: people are like oh yeah Baywatch guy also had a, had a career in selling records in Germany as a singer. So yeah. For, and because of the limitations of the internet at the time, this was shocking because it wasn't just on his Wikipedia page. Right. Like people were like, <laughs> yeah. holy shit he did. And that kind of brought him back up. Then there's like reality shows. There's every, I mean, he is, he is, you know, a VH1 king basically. Mm-hmm. Um, And so he is in this movie because mm-hmm. playing himself and you guys know, you know, I fucking love when actors play themselves. Yeah. I love it. Get me more meta horror.
0: So, yeah. Jennifer Tilly, hired. Queen.
1: Listen, stepdad, not a great guy, but great businessman because he is selling this water park. He's yeah. Got, he has
0: brought in David. He's who brought in David Hasselhoff to dress the as a lifeguard and lifeguard be like, the world. Welcome to the water park, everybody. That's Guys, it.
1: That's it. Listen, that guy, get him. I mean, I would take his business class. That's it. I want to know how to invent post-its from him. This is so good. Like, so David Hasselhoff in what is the fact that they give him an arc is good writing because they don't have to, like he's a cameo. And yet David Hasselhoff gets a full story with great jokes and a complete arc because he's not a real lifeguard. And a kid who gets bit by a piranha comes up to him and he's like, hey, I need a bandaid. And David Hasselhoff offers him an autograph.
0: Yeah, he offers him a headshot.
1: Hey, I just need a bandaid. And David Hasselhoff is grappling with the fact that this kid doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Because last call,
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) right?
1: This next generation is moving on and he's not a part of it. It is Uh so funny. And so when he has this big moment to save this kid and get into the water, He and the way he pats himself on the back for it is so wonderful. I made a rescue.
0: I actually made a rescue. And I really appreciate that this like in the same thing with like the way Ving Rhames doesn't get literally tossed to the piranhas and Paul Shear doesn't get tossed to the piranhas. It's not like the the, what you expect is going to happen at that moment because he's like, I did. He's like, I saved somebody. I really saved somebody. And he's like walking out of the pool with the kid in his arms. You think that you're sure. I'm sure that's the moment when like a like a school of piranhas is going to come up and they're going to eat his legs out front of him and he's going to die. And it doesn't. It actually it's like, no, 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 no. We've got the Hoff here. Like we're gonna let him ride it out to the end, and he ends up just like posing like a heroic lifeguard on the side of the pool. He doesn't die. And this movie, this movie goes out of its way to punish shitty guys. Yup.
1: Yes. But let's
0: the characters who would who it, it don't need to be killed. Let them live. Like I can't it is. It. Chris Zilka. You think he's maybe gonna make it all the way through? Yeah. He
1: gets to the because end. He's learned. He's
0: learned his he's lesson. Learned his now lesson. he's going to live his life in shame, and he's going to lose his job, yep. and he's going to be the drunk in the small town talking mm-hmm. about the glory days. With great
1: skin, though, still has absolutely history, you know, but... like
0: shitty guy, yep. siring children left and right that he has takes absolutely no responsibility for. Instead, and yet, there is a, an explosion. I'm pretty sure that has catapulted a plastic trident into the air that has been up in the sky for a very long time comes hurtling back down and ends up impaling Chris Zilka through his face and killing him. David Koechner's character, he is beholding the carnage that he has unleashed on the world in his, like, fucking true religion jeans, And he, like, he gets on, like, a little, like, kind of, like... like,
1: Tractor golf cart thing. Yeah, a little
0: tractor kind of deal. And he's going to ride out to safety. And somehow, some way, a pennant banner... Cuts his head off.
1: I mean, it he must. Gets, the pennant banner is made obviously made of razor blades. Because razor-wise. how does that happen? He razor- just
0: he rides straight into like a little vinyl banner at a not high speed, and, and his gets head full gets ghost
1: cut, ship gets capitated.
0: Full cleanly cut off. This movie is like don't forget. Don't worry, we didn't forget how shitty these guys are. Yep. We're going to have that one guy's dick get bit off yep. by a piranha in a uterus. We're going to have this guy get impaled through the face by a plastic trident. And then, nonsensically, we're going to cut this guy's whole fucking head off. you're those thing. people who didn't deserve to die? No, they're going to live.
1: And you know... That when they were, because, listen, that couldn't have been the original script because that doesn't make sense. And I was sitting there thinking, like, there has to be other pages that we didn't get to see because of budgets. They were like, no, like, the decapitation is going to have to be this. And they could have let this guy live or given him a different death. But instead, they were like, no, this character needs to be punished. Punished? This specific way. And by the way, his head pretty uh pretty real effect I, I i gotta give a shout out to their practical effects because obviously what holds this movie back is the cg animation oh it's terrible. the fish pov is embarrassing
0: anything that happens underwater is egregious
1: yes any and seeing the fish like it's it listen obviously this movie was originally released in 3d um so it's like it's hard to watch the the cg that motivates the the 3D moments, <laughs> yeah. But the practical effects are amazing. The fish themselves, the animals are so real. They're great. The th- it's like anywhere where you get gore. Those skeletons, like as he's, I mean, they 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 they, they took the care to make this shit count, and I yeah. love that. That head, that head was his head between yeah, that getting head- motorboated between that woman's boobs.
0: Yeah, in between those blood-covered, uh, unclothed boobs, that was that looked like David Koechner, it, and I, th- it just. This neither of these movies needed to have the heart that they did. No. But Nobody they was asking. Really centered those aspects of and and I shouts out to to uh Danielle Panabaker in that moment when the slow motion effect of Chris Silke getting impaled and the incredible reaction shot yes. we get in slow motion. I just like I just I want the multiple take I want to see the multiple takes of like all right and again and again of them just like modeling the scream of reacting to an impaled Chris Zilka just that like oh god horror it is shocking that this movie works in as many ways as it does when it is on the fumes of the aughts it is the 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 bank is out like the accounts are dry. The lights are turning on. The bar is closing. Every one of these things is true. The lights turn on and nobody
1: looked like what you thought.
0: Like you said, this is is that. All right, guys, we've graduated. It's the last party, so we've got to make it count. Mm -hmm. And it is.
1: You thought it was. This movie could have been the older guy at the frat party. But it wasn't. It was the frat party. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yep. That is 100% true. It could have been that hanger on. But it's not, it's, it's not a eulogy for the 2000s. No. It's a celebration of life of the yes. 2000s. I,
1: it, friend, it, it, I feel so strongly about the things that work about this movie that I, God, I'm, so, I'm just full of rage today.
0: I'm so <laughs> yeah. mad. I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna go uh, watch some TV after this. I, I just feel like, I don't know, I Big Brother, you know it's Big Brother. Um, yeah. But I, I just feel so upset on behalf of this film because i want to know what would have happened if they had the appropriate budget to make it look the way it deserved to look just look if this
0: movie had just looked as good as the first
1: yes if it just looked as good it would have been fine like i i think that the parts of it that like yes there's still that one character that's in every odds comedy like that is just there to be a walking fat joke yeah Yes, but some of the sex humor doesn't land because it's like more on the side of potty humor than it is like. Yeah, it's sex just humor. like
0: scatological.
1: But other than that, like everything they make things sing that didn't even I don't know audition. They just it's just yeah. like wow. Yeah. So it's like get this. I just wish they're like on some other timeline, string theory timeline. Yep, this movie had timeline. the budget of part one, and it it's Criterion. But it's,
0: <laughs> great because
1: tyrion. it didn't have the budget of the first one, Piranha Three Double D is tyrion
0: It is Otz-Tyrion!
1: <laughs> and this yeah. movie in a remake today, 2022 OnlyFans water park—that's still an idea I would go to. So yep. let's get it now. That only if OnlyFans actor or performers are going to be influencers, get them in a water park. What are we get doing? Get them in a
0: fucking water park.
1: I I I love. I love the things that I love about this and I won't apologize for it.
0: No, I, I it was a really heartwarming experience watching this and being like, you know what? I came out of it and being like, it I I think I like I think this is my favorite Piranha D's movie. <laughs> yeah. I think I, this is my Piranha D's movie as well.
1: And speaking of the D's, because I the the D. Um, I just need to add that when this movie was, I figured it out because when Jordan and I watched it, the title card said Piranha DD
0: yeah.
1: instead of Piranha 3 Double D, And the reason is, is once it made it to DVD, they removed the three for some unknown reason.
0: <laughs> so the theatrical version- That was version, what hung it up the first time, you guys. Yeah. They were
1: like, we got to get rid of the three people are going to watch it because it in in theaters, the 3 double D, the DVD is called Piranha DD. D. <laughs>
0: Got it, got it. You know,
1: Piranha-designated driver.
0: Yeah, Piranha-designated driver. Um, Yeah, I would love to see... This is the exact kind of thing I would love to see a swing taken at in the 2020s. To be like, no, what what does fucking Neon do with DDD, with Triple D? When it's like, let's stay true to the spirit of the franchise, but let's be now and like let's let's have some serious fun let's 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 do this i would i I would love to see this this franchise treated for a third installment with the respect it deserves but with absolutely no higher calling whatsoever Mm -mm. than what the first two movies aimed to accomplish and did and agreed
1: Uh, agreed and also i would love to start a movement just for just, this goes back to the B thing, but with the sequels, but where, why aren't we just demanding remakes of sequels? Because what's going to happen? Like, it's like, I want Prom Night 2. So then they're going to remake Prom Night 1, and then there's going to be like an original sequel to that. And it's not going to be <laughs> Hello, Mary Lou. Same with Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Get us that. Amityville 1992. Get us that. Get us the remake of Piranha 3 D. That's the remake I want. Put it in a fucking water park. Do it, you cowards.
0: <laughs> Do it, you cowards. I am angry. <laughs> I I think we did great work here today, Sam. I think this has been a I think this has been a season of us like knowing like having a sense of what we're doing coming into each episode but really realizing each mandate as it is unfolding before us. And I think I don't know, I feel like we are surprising ourselves in this season.
1: Well, not me, Jordan, because I just know how brilliant you are. And every episode with you is exactly what I expect, which is the most and the best. You are You are my favorite to talk to about any of this stuff.
0: Um, (laughs) And it's such a
1: fucking honor that we get to do this on a podcast.
0: No, it's the best thing. And I, I I am not surprised by our ability to deliver. I just mean in the sense of like, I feel like we're sort of finding our theses as we walk, as we talk through them. And I feel like we are on a process of discovery
1: Uh, for ourselves
0: in this season where we are like, we come in with so much certainty so often with the texts that we don't feel like we're coming in with some surprising texts this season. Well,
1: you know, what's been fun I think is picking things that are um, a little out of comfort zone, right? Yes, like, yes. it's super easy to make a case for Black Xmas or something like The Hitcher. Honestly. That I've had to have 19,000 conversations with people about why they need to change their mind. But I think by pushing out of our comfort zone and still tying these films to the timeline, we get to show a little bit of a bit of conversation that has yet to happen. And it's happening here first.
0: We are we are Melody Paris.
1: We are Melody Paris.
0: (laughs) We are fucking
1: driving through Chinatown, (laughs) toasting each other with water and a glass.
0: At eleven o'clock at night.